So welcome, everybody. It is so good to see you guys. Thank you all for coming. We love you. We've been praying for you and fasting for you. It's, it's been good. In case you don't know, we are doing a 21-day fast. We've invited the church to join us in this 21-day fast. So is anybody else hungry like me? I am. Uh, yes, okay. I got a few folks that are hungry. We've been fasting. It's been great. And one of the things that we're learning <coughs> is how good our God is. We are praying for an awesome 2020. And we just believe we wanted to start the year off right by praying and by fasting. Like, let's take it up a notch. Let's pray, let's fast and believe God for what he's gonna do this year in our church and in our lives. It's a beautiful thing. And so last week, what we did is we created the, like these prayer and fasting guides full of Bible verses. And then we also had like this fasting card. And so if you were a part of it or maybe you, you weren't here, you didn't make it last Sunday, you're here this Sunday for the first time, you can jump in on that. You, they're all at the welcome table, but you don't even have to wait to go to the welcome table. Tony's here. He'd love, if you want to raise your hand, he'll make sure you get one, a prayer guide for fasting and praying. If you want to jump in even today and do it with us for the rest of the month, that's good. I'll join you. Although mine, I think, is up like next week no this week actually yeah it's up this week uh, but i'll join you too no worries we'll, we'll try we'll work it out we'll sacrifice together but also there's that prayer card as well and that prayer card is for you to fill out and let us know that you're fasting and if you want to let us know what you're fasting from as well you can take that card and drop it in the boxes that'll come up and down your row in a little bit okay so in case you're just joining us did you guys get that did i talk too fast you guys good yeah, okay, so in case you're just joining us, we are in the middle of a series that we're calling Precious, and what we're doing in this series is that we're exploring, we're looking at the things that God has gifted us with that he calls precious, but that we may not necessarily look at it as precious. So the past few weeks, we've been looking at stuff like that, and this week, it's going to be no different. We're going to look at another thing that God has given us that is precious in our life, okay? And I just want to say, as a sidebar, I almost broke this fast yesterday, and I have to tell you what happened. We were eating lunch, went out to eat for lunch, and I look at my kid, my oldest one, and he has all this food on his plate. And I'm like, if you're a parent, you know what I'm thinking. He's not going to eat all that food. And I was, you know, eating my pasta primavera, there was just veggies and pasta, no meat, that's what I'm fasting from. And I didn't realize, but I just went over, I was eat eating some of his fries, as he's, uh, you know, and then I grabbed a chicken tender, and I went, <laughs> and I put it in my mouth, and I closed my mouth, and my wife goes, mm-hmm, and I was like, <laughs> that's when, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. And so I opened my mouth, and I went like this, and my son just grabbed it from me and ate the whole thing. I'm like, okay, that was good, but, but I just want to let you know, I'm still on the wagon. I did not fall off. I almost did. I got this close. I didn't inhale. I did not inhale. I didn't, I didn't swallow. I didn't chew. I promise, okay? So we are fasting and praying for this thing, and I'm also really excited about baptism that Abdiela mentioned earlier. We are excited. We have some DV kids that are going to get baptized. We have some adults that are like, sign me up. I can't wait. So uh, we're really excited about this, um, about this baptism that's coming up. So anyways, if you have your Bible today, we're going to look at this, this precious gift that God has given us. And the gift that I want to talk to you guys about, um, let's see, what scripture should we go with first? Um, let's go with, I have no idea. Let's go with Corinthians. Let's go with Corinthians, all right? We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Just find Corinthians. There's two of them in the Bible, and, and we'll, we'll go through it. 
But the precious gift that God has given us is the gift of flow. Can everybody say flow? Flow. What am I talking about when I say flow? When I was growing up, we would call flow this right here. You guys know what I'm talking about now? Money, cheddar, moolah, coins, cha-ching. This is what we're talking about, flow. And God has given us flow. And so today we're going to talk about flow. Now you might be here like, oh no. Did he just say we're going to talk about money? <laughs> like, I, I hardly come to church, and the one Sunday I decide to come, he's talking about money. Crud. Like, you know, I brought a friend. I brought a friend. You're going to talk about money today? Yes. You're gonna, you know, growing uh, in college, I remember we used to say this uh, because of a movie, famous line that came out in college. We would say to each other, man, you're so money, and you don't even know it. And it's, it's actually a little saying. We would say that to each other. You're so money, but that's actually what we're talking about. We're instead of money, we're saying flow. You're so flow that you don't even know. You got so much flow, you don't even know it. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about money, even though you probably are here and you're like, man, I, I should have skipped church today. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. This is a good thing. We're going to talk about this, all right? Now, I believe this is on God's heart. And I love you guys sitting here watching you guys eat your popcorn. It is National Popcorn Day. Go ahead and eat. Sorry, I don't have a movie for you today, but we're speaking today, all right? Um, so this is on God's heart. He doesn't want you to live in the underflow. He wants you to live in the overflow. So he doesn't just want you to live in the flow, he wants you to live in the overflow. And we want to talk about how do we live in the overflow. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about three things that stop the flow in our lives. Three things that stop the flow. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing that stops the flow in our lives is that we don't even notice that we have flow. Just like that line, you're so money, you don't even know it. We don't even notice that we got flow. We have, God has given each and every one of us, he's made us with the capacity to flow. We have flow. But so many people, we don't realize what we already have, that we already got it. We already got flow. And so if we don't realize what we already have, we don't use. We, we don't, we're, we're, it doesn't allow us to be in a place to receive and live in the overflow that God has for us. So it's not just about flow, it's about what God wants for us, which is overflow. Some people are doing quite well, and yet what they do is they, they whine and they complain, oh my gosh, my Mercedes isn't working today. Oh my gosh, I got to leave my Beamer in the, in, in the shop again today. What's happening? I can't believe my air condition, my fourth air conditioning unit isn't working, right? I have to wait till Thursday till the air conditioning man comes and he fixes my, my air conditioning in my, in my fifth bedroom upstairs, right? We forget about that we have flow. God gave us flow so we can live actually in the overflow. And so another group of people, what they do is, instead of not noticing the flow they have, what they do is they don't even use the flow that they have in the right way. They don't allow the flow to flow. They don't allow the flow to flow the way that God intended. And so what happens is that when we don't allow the flow to flow, the flow gets plugged. The flow gets plugged. And so then a third group of people, and this is a really big mistake, some people, they hoard the flow of God. They hoard it. They hoard it, and this is what's tragic. Studies have shown over and over again that the less people have, guess what? The more they give. Did you hear that? I didn't say that wrong. Studies show that consistently that in our country, the less people have, the more 
proportionally that they give. And the tragedy is that the more people have, the smaller percentages, percentages, I said that wrong, percentages they give. And certainly God must look on and he says, "Eh, that's not the point of the flow. That's not the point of the flow. That's not what I gave you the flow for, right? Did you miss the point? Did you think that the flow was all for you? I mean, I, you know, it brings me delight that you enjoy the flow. And by the way, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about our, our, our time. We're talking about our gifts, our skills, our abilities, our talents. We're talking about the flow that God has given us, right? And so the, the, the more, the, he, he wants us to delight in it, but God's saying, look, that's way more than you need. And so he wants us to open up our hands and let it flow. And it was Jesus who said this, his words, watch what he said here in the book of Acts. He said, it is more blessed to do what? Would you say it aloud with me? He said, it is more blessed to what? To give than it is to what? Than it is to receive. If you know any of my boys, I have two of them. We call them AJ and EJ. AJ's the oldest, EJ's the youngest. And I am trying to drill this verse. As a matter of fact, if you see them on your way out, and they're like hanging out in the lobby, running around, which I tell them not to. But anyway, if you see them, you can ask them. You can start this verse and say, hey, AJ, it is more blessed to, and you can even do it in Spanish. or I'm trying to teach it in both languages, right? You can tell them, it's more blessed to give than to what? And let them finish the sentence. And you better get it right. No, but yeah, I've been drilling it in them. I've been drilling, and in the younger one as well. Es mejor dar que que, que que, and let them say it. And, and, and so, but you know, it's really good for me to drill this down deep into them because it's good for me to hear it as well. I, I, I need it. And so I, I, I love it. You know, listen, we, you might be here today and you say, well, I do want to live in the overflow. But Pastor Abdi, those things that you just mentioned, hoard the flow, not notice the flow, use the flow, that's not my issue. See, what you have to understand is I got all these financial commitments. It, it's complicated. I've heard that before. It's complicated. You don't, I want to live in the, I want to live in the overflow, not just the flow, but it's complicated. Listen, we understand complicated. I get complicated. And we want to help you with that. And one of the ways we want to help you with that is, you know, Abdiella was up here a little earlier and she mentioned that we have these DV groups. And one of those DV groups is a class called FPU, Financial Peace University. My wife and I, we took this class and it impacted us and our personal finances in a big way. Let me tell you, FPO, FPU has impacted our church. How we lead this church, how we save, how we invest, how we spend our monies here as a church. FPU has had a direct impact into our lives. All right, all right, all right. Can you say let it flow? Can you say it again? Let it flow. So we have a class, this class, Financial Peace, that's starting in just a couple weeks, February 4th. You can write it down at 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights. 7.30? 7 p.m. 7. 7 p.m. Sorry, I just had a brain something right there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, 7 p.m. in two weeks. If you want to come, we'd love for you. You can sign up in the back at the end of the service, okay? So now that we talked about those things that stop, plug the the flow, let's talk about those those things that help us to live in the overflow. How many of you want to know how to live in the overflow? So number one, if you're taking notes, how do we live in the overflow? Number one is we got to let it flow sacrificially. We got to let it flow sacrificially. What do I mean by that? It's, It's let it flow in such a way that you are not flowing out of what you have left over, 
but you are flowing out of something that you wanted, something that you needed, that you are flowing in such a way that you feel it, that it costs you something. It's a great starting place to do this with God's tithe. What is the tithe? Let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about the tithe. In Leviticus chapter 22, verse 37, and while you try to find Leviticus, if you have your Bibles, let me just say what that word tithe in the Hebrew is the word ma'aser, ma'aser. And what it means in our day and age, it's, it's, it's a tip. It's what it is. It's a tip. A tithe is 10%. It's like when you go to the restaurants. And what do you do? You tip, hopefully we're good tippers between 15 and 25% when we go out to eat, right? But it's what? It's a tip of what the whole meal costs you. Let's look at the verse there in Leviticus. So would you say it aloud? A tenth of, say it again. Come on, say it. A tenth of, let's say it one more time. A tenth of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees. Who does it belong to, you guys? Does it belong to you? Oh, I didn't hear that. It was kind of quiet in here, yo. Um, who, does it belong to you? No, actually, it belongs to the Lord. It is what? It is holy to him. It's set apart. It is his. Let's look at the next scripture. Bring, this is in Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my storehouse. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great. Can everybody say overflow? Yeah, so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. That's what I call an overflow, right? And he says, keep reading, try it. Put me to the test. A couple years ago, I, I stood up here in front of everybody at DV, and I, 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 I gave a message, and I called it, this is a test. And I got it from this verse right here. That's where I got the title of my message from. And, and what we did is we rolled out this idea. We took a risk. In case you don't know, here at DV, we take risks. We do. We're a risk-taking church, and we don't apologize for that. But we took a risk. And what we did is we, we wanted to encourage people to live in the overflow. And one of the ways you can live in the overflow is by practicing a tithe. That's like the beginning. That's like the base level. That's like the first that's like the first step in, in, in your walk with God. Like, like how, when you give, this is it. This is the baseline. This is the tithe. And so a couple years ago, we rolled out this idea. And what it was, it, we called it the, the tithe test, right? The tithe test. And what it was is that we encourage people who are hearing this for the first time, or maybe you've heard it before, and you're like, all right, today I'm going to try. We encourage everybody to try for 90 days. 90 days, try tithing. For 90 days, try tithing. Every time everything comes in, you tithe off of it for 90 days. And if after those 90 days, you don't see a difference in your life, that God hasn't impacted you in any way, we as a Doral Vineyard Church will return every single flow to the last penny that you gave after those 90 days. Why? We're going to test it. Let's see what for works. We did it a few years ago. It was amazing. We'll do it again. Let's do it again. Let's see. Let's just take a risk. Not on me, not on Doral Vineyard. This is, God says that, right? Can you show that verse up again one more time? God says what? He says, test me in this. Like, try me. Let's do this. Let's try it, all right? So let me just wrap up this first thing about how do we live in the overflow. We live with, help me out. We live by, by letting it flow what? Sa, 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 
sacrificially, yes. We live by letting it flow sacrificially, all right? And wh- when we get used to the sacrifice of tithing, some of us, you know, we already do the tithe. And so it's not a, as big a sacrifice as it used to be because, you know, we tithe, it's like built in now to our finances and we just, that's what we, this is how we do life. We just tithe. And so, but God wants us to let it flow sacrificially. So maybe we just need to up what we give, right? We just need to let it, okay, let it flow more than that. If it's a tithe, that's the base part. That's the first step. What's the next step that God is asking us and inviting us and challenging us to take a risk and test him on? See, this is the way this one little poor widow gave in scripture. It's a beautiful story about this little widow who had nothing to live on. Can everybody say nothing? Nothing. Nothing. She walks into church. She opens up her little purse. She pulls out a little penny. Did you hear me? She pulls out a little penny, a penny, and she drops the penny in the offering boxes that came up and down her row uh, 2,000 years ago, all right? And, and all the rich people, they're like, wow, did you just see what she did? She just gave a penny. What is she thinking? Right? What's going on? Why does she give a penny? What, do you, what difference does she think that's going to make? And this is what Jesus says. He hears them, and he looks on to the rich people. He says, you guys, you, you missed the point. You missed the point. You've missed the beauty of this moment. Here's what he said in the book of Mark chapter 12. Jesus said this in Mark 12, 43. He said, this poor widow has put in what? Would you say the word with me? Can you see it? This poor widow has put in what? More. She's put in more. She was living in the overflow. She was living in the overflow. And so she put into the treasury more than all the others. Why? Because they gave out of their wealth. But what did she give out of? She gave out of her, her poverty. She put in, how much, you guys? She put in everything, all that she had to live on. Like, you know, she gave tomorrow's breakfast, but like, I don't know how I'm gonna go to that original pancake house here in Doral because I'm giving all, everything I have today, I don't know, I'm gonna go tomorrow. She gave everything, like, like, let's compare it to what it, it would be down, drill down today, it would be like, she took up her mat, she went home, took out what was under her mattress, and she gave everything. She went, she went to the bank, and she emptied out not only all of her accounts, not only all of her accounts, she went to her 401k, and she cashed it out, took the equity off of her home, and she gave everything. That's what the scripture says, she gave everything, right? She gave everything. She gave it all. She gave it all. Now, many of us, I would say even myself, we, that's not normally how we give, right? We, the way we give is like, okay, we're like, okay, I got these expenses, I got these needs, and all of this right here, but then whatever I have left over, you know, this much, this is what I'm going to give to God, whatever I have left over. But that's not what the scriptures invite us into. It's a different lifestyle, upside down living, right? He's like, no, 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 don't just, you know, take care of you first. No, no, give to what belongs to God already. Give, and you're going to see an overflow, right? This is what it's talking about. So number one, if you're taking notes, is let it flow, sacro what? Sacrifice. Number two, if you're taking notes, let it flow joyfully. We are blessed to give with an overwhelming sense of joy. And so here I am in 2 Corinthians. That's the one I was going to go to, but now we're doing it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It says this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, if you let it flow a little bit, 
you're going to get a little bit in return. Now, if you open up the flow, then it's going to come back to you, right? It's the principle of God. Look at verse 7. It says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under what compulsion, for what kind of giver does God love? Say it with me. God loves a cheerful giver. The word of God there, the cheerful giver. That Greek word cheerful is actually, it actually means hilariously. Like giddy, like I, I cannot wait to give. I, I am so excited about this moment that I get to give. I am overjoyed to give. I can't wait to let it flow because I've been living in the overflow in my life. So I can't wait. Listen, you guys, listen to me. This is the best way to live when we give. It's the best way. It's the difference between immaturity and maturity, right? It's the difference. Like, it's like when we, Christmas time. We just had Christmas. At Christmas time, when you were growing up, it was, uh, Christmas was all about, I mean, I know what we were taught, right? It's about, you know, these things. But when we went at Christmas time, it was all about who? Uh, me, right? Christmas is all about, I mean, I know Jesus and everybody else, right? But, gee, you know, Christmas is all about my toys. What do I want for Christmas, right? That's a child. That's immaturity, right? Now, maturity, when we grow up as adults, what we love Christmas because we can't wait to see what my, how my son is going to respond when he unwraps that gift, and it's another Nintendo Switch game. You have no idea. Screaming at the top of the, I mean, it was awesome. Awesome. No lie. We got it on video. It's awesome. Screaming at the top. I mean, we love to see. We love to see when that single woman that we helped out, you know, with the four kids, what, how her, she's going to feel when she opens up the gifts and all the, the, the clothes that it's just the right size. I can't wait to see how she's going to respond to the gifts we give her, right? Now, as we're no longer immature, right? Like when I was a kid, you know, I, I, would, I would pretend on Christmas Eve to have to go wee-wee, right? And I would walk past the Christmas tree and keep, you know, poking that hole, unwrapping that gift to see if I got what I want. But that's immaturity. Now as mature, now we, we just, we look for opportunities to give. Now we look for where can I, where can I give? Where can I go? And this is what maturity is all about. See, here's what I noticed about this. And I'm just gonna share this about my wife who's sitting there in the front row. And I, I, I'm gonna brag on her, not because I wanna brag on her. Well, I do kinda wanna brag. No, no, I, I, I just, I, I wanna share with you, like a few years ago, she loves to do this. She loves to give. And so a few years ago, we decided we were gonna create in our personal finances a giving budget, a giving budget. And so we have set aside this giving budget and so every month, we have a number, what we can do. And so Marie loves to give. Marie loves to give so much that, um, you know, that giving budget, like after the first day of the month, it's gone, and then it spills over into the, and so we don't do this with our personal finances, but with our giving budget, like she's always like, credit on the second month so if you have a need i just want to encourage you go see her like at the beginning of the month because there's no guarantee that there'll be anything left okay but we love to give offerings we love to give so that's what we do we, we get paid right we have our resources and then we give the tithe and then above the tithe 
above the tide, after that baseline, we start looking. And, and, and you know what we do every single year? Our, conver- our question is, how can we increase this giving budget? Every year, we're like, how can, you know, we already do this sponsorship child, you know, not just for one, not just for two, not just, I mean, we do three right now, but we're talking about doing a fourth one, right? Because we're like, yeah, I know, we, we want to do this. We, we want to increase, how can we increase our giving budget, right? So the first one is we got to, if we want to live in the overflow, we got to let it flow sacra what? Sacrificially. Number two, if we want to learn to live in the overflow, we got to learn to let it flow joyfully. And the third one, if you're taking notes, is this one. If you, if you're, this is it. If you want to live in the overflow, you got to let it flow extravagantly, Ex- like irresponsibly, like exaggerate, like exagerado, right? You got to learn to let it flow over the top. You know, this, and th- this is kind of like the, the kind of giving that just blows people's minds. And people might say, you know, why are you doing that? That makes no kind of sense. Why, why are you giving like that? This, there, there was a woman in scripture, and I love this story. She did this. There was a woman in scripture, she, she gave, like, not just let it flow, she like water flow, like more than ever before, she let it flow like a, like a Niagara Falls, like she just let it flow. I'm gonna tell you about this, in this story in Mark chapter 14 about this woman. It says here, uh, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Now, I'm not sure what nard is. It sounds nasty, but... But I, I, I know from studying that it was very, very expensive. Not like the knockoff stuff, not like, you know, the half alcohol that, you know, evaporates really quick. No, no, this is like the real deal, the pure stuff, right? The good stuff. And so she broke the jar of perfume and she poured it on the head of Jesus. Now, some of those who were present, they were ticked off and they were indignant. And they said to one another, what is this woman thinking? right? Why would she waste this perfume? What, she's thoughtless. What is she thinking? This, this could have been sold, could have been sold for more than a year's wages. It could have been given to the poor. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Let, let's talk a little bit, all right? I, I just pretend I have this little jar right here with me. Pretend right here that this is made of that kind of perfume. I don't know, by the way, if you guys have ever seen perfume or heard of perfume, the, the, the perfume exists like that. We're talking like six-figure perfume. I've seen it. You can Google it. I've seen it, all right? It's expensive perfume, all right? So it's so valuable that the contents here are worth more than a year's wages. Imagine how much you make. That's this right here, right? Right? I, I don't know what it is, but think about it. That's, that's not just chump change, all right? This is like serious cash flow, right? Right here. This is what it's worth. A, a year's wages, and this woman, she sees Jesus, and she just loses control. I'm about to lose control. She's losing control, and she loves it, right? She loses because she takes this thing, opens it up, and pours the whole thing on Jesus. She's just so overjoyed. She's just so impacted by the way that Jesus has done. She's living in the overflow, and so she just decides to pour it all on him. Now, I have to be honest, if I was there, I would probably be with the other guys who are complaining and saying, what are you, look, 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 nena, look, 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 all you got to do, a little bit, right? That's all you need, put it, put it on Jesus' cheek, that's it, right? <laughs> all you need, but that's not what she does. 
because she's living on the overflow. She just breaks the whole thing and pours it all on Jesus. I love that. I love that. And that's why, you know, I'll tell you one more time, Marie and I, we're, we're not just doing like one child of sponsorship, not just two children of sponsorship, not just three. We're talking about a fourth one. And we're like, look, if we can't like have an orphanage, we might as well sponsor one, right? And so that's what we do. We look for ways where we could be extravagant, you know, and just irrational. And it's irresponsible financial decision. And yet, biblically, it's beautiful just to let it flow extravagantly. This is how... You guys, we live in the overflow. When we realize that God has gifted you with flow so that you can flow sacrificially, so that you can flow joyfully, and you can let it flow extravagantly, this is how you live in the overflow. I told our church a couple years ago, I said, listen, we are going to be generous here. And we are generous, but we're going to continue to look for opportunities and ask ourselves, where else can we be over the top over-the-top generous. Where else can we look and see? And I'll tell you, one of the ways we found was in Cuba. In Cuba, we, um, we, we, in the summertime, we gather folks from our church, we form a team, and we go to Cuba. And what we do is we, um, we, we gather, while we're, before we leave, a bunch of school supplies, a bunch of school supplies, and then we gather backpacks. We buy backpacks, and 250 of them right? And we get 250 backpacks, fill them up with 12 to 14 school supplies, and then we carry them over, fly it over the border through everything, and we bring it to the churches that we partner with over there. And it's a beautiful thing now. We've been doing it for seven plus years, and so we, we partner with the churches over there. We have a team. We get together. We partner together. We get all this stuff. We go over there, and we partner with the churches over there, and then what they do is they, by the time we get there, they know the drill. They've already reached out to the community. We go to a different city every year, and they've reached out to a different community, and uh, I mean, into their community, sorry, and, and they ask them the neediest of the neediest right? We're talking about ones that are like special needs and like single moms and people who are the neediest of the neediest in their community. And, and so they come and, and to the church and we come, we bring this stuff, we give it to the, the church leaders, the pastors and the leaders there, and they disseminate it to them. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. We're over the top. Gener- I love how our church rallies around and we do this and it's awesome. But I have to tell you something that really breaks me. At the end of the week, when we're getting ready to come back, these leaders of the church and pastors and leaders, they decide to, to give us something back. See, these people are poor. <laughs> they are poor, like poor, okay? And they have been saving and they've been working at, at trying to get something to, together for us because they know we're coming. And so they work really hard for weeks and months to try to save up a little bit extra so that they can have to give so that they can give us a gift when we go to... And, and usually it's like this handmade, handmade, sorry, handmade wooden little craft thing, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, I remember the first time that it came to the end of the week and they gave me this and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, like you don't have to give me anything. Like, believe me, I have everything I, I, I need. I'm, I'm good. And they're like, no, no, I know you have everything, but you got to take this because this is from, we worked hard for this. We sacrificed for this. We want you to have this. And you know what it is, how humbling it is to receive something that you're like, you don't even have clean drinking water. 
You don't even have bread to eat. I mean, the bread they give them is so hard. I mean, I don't know if you know, but it's, it's, it's not pretty. You don't even, and now there's even more of a food short. You don't even have clean drinking water, and you're going to give me something that has everything, give us, and it's not just me, it's the whole team. We all get gifts, and it's like, no, it, it, it breaks you. It breaks you. It, it, it humbles you, and I want, I want us to feel that. It messes you up. It, it does, it messes you up, and I, I want us to feel that, I, I, because, you know, I, here's what I, I want you to do. I, I want you to think about how you love to flow, because we, we all li- like to give differently. Marie, she likes to give to children who are in need. I like to give towards church development, and when we do give to people in need, Marie especially, she likes, you know, to give anonymously. I like to put my name on it, from Pastor Abdi and Marie, right? I like, all right, she likes to give to strangers. I like to let people know, like, hey, we we like you, we love you, right? She likes to give her time to mentorship and discipleship, and we do, I do too, right? But but even though we are limited with our time, we like to invest it, you know, we like to, to... invest our time with our family, but we love to give our time to help disciple and, and mentor. And I want you to think about how you love to give. How do you love to give? Some of you, you love to give money because you have more than enough, so you love to just go at it. You love to just do it, and it brings you great joy. Others of you, you don't have money to give necessarily, but you love to give your time. And maybe you like to paint pictures, and you paint beautiful pictures, and, and you give them, and that brings you great joy. Others of you, you like to, to garden, and landscape, and make them look beautiful, and you know of a widow who lives down the street, and her husband, you know, pastor, he used to do the landscaping, and, and, and the gardening in his house, so you can give of your time, and you can, you can go love on her, and that'll bring you great joy. Think about how you love to give. I want you to think about that, and then I want to challenge you to give in the exact opposite way. Give in the way that you don't love to give, and therein, you know what you're going to experience? Living in the overflow. That's what you're going to experience. Sometimes it's easier for us today to just write a check for someone who's in need than to give half a day of my time. But maybe the time that we feel like, you know, we are finally living in the overflow is when we do give of a full day, serving some people who have nothing in the name of Jesus. Let it cost you something. Cost you something. God is your provider. And you have more than you need. And oh, it would break the heart of God when we don't let it flow sacrificially, when we don't let it flow joyfully, when we don't let it flow extravagantly, right? When God has given us so much, may we become Christ followers who are living in the overflow and so radically generous that people look at you and they praise God. They're like, man, I thank God for your life. I thank God for you. You've helped me to live in the overflow. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you today? Father, I pray that you would make us individuals. Make us corporately. Make us more like you. Make us big, big givers, handling responsibly all the wealth that you've placed in us, in our care. God, change our hearts. Help us to live in the overflow. Those of you who would say, man, I'm in, God's all over me right now. I recognize it. I want to open up and just let it flow right now. I want to be more generous. You may be incredibly generous, and you want to be more so. You may be like me. You might be more selfish in nature, right? And you want to be more generous. God, make me more generous. That's your prayer. 
I'm going to invite you just to stand with me right now. Just stand with me because I want to pray for you. I want to pray a dangerous, dangerous prayer for you. And so God, I pray the name of Jesus that you would, God, that you would increase the flow so much so upon the people that are here that we are compelled to give and give and give and give. And God, I pray for those who are not flowing materially and not flowing financially that they would give even bigger. Give it away that they would feel it, whether it's a penny or the money or, or, or the day of their time, God, what, what they would feel the joy of giving sacrificially. And God, compel us to live in the overflow, to trust you, to recognize just how we do have more than enough. God, may we be wise stewards honoring you, you flowing to us so we can take that flow and share that flow with others. God, may the world praise you because your people have been generous. And as you're still praying today, let me just talk to you about the most generous one who has ever lived. We may give a little bit of our time, we may give a little bit of our money. Let me tell you what, I have to tell you, I'll be honest, I would never give a single one of you here my son, any one of them. On their worst day, I would never do that, all right? Under any circumstances, but that's exactly what God did for us. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his child, his son. That's how much he loved you. Jesus Christ, the son of God, who was without sin, holy and perfect. He died on a cross and he gave his life and he shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be changed, so that we could belong to the family of God. Scripture says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does that mean? It, it means no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how far from God you feel, all your sins will be forgiven. And as you call on the name of Jesus, you become one of his. He becomes your savior. He becomes your Lord. But let me just tell you very, very plainly, that I think in our country there's so many people who pray some kind of prayer like this, a little sinner's prayer, and they go, okay, I did it, I'm good now. That's it, I'm good with my life. I can go on, I check that box off. But you miss the point entirely. You miss the point entirely. And I question if, if you're really even honest. Honestly, you do. What, what does it mean for Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Well, he gave his life for us and our only reasonable response is to give our lives back to him. What does that mean? It, I, I think it means more than any of us could ever imagine, okay? More than any of us could ever comprehend. But it, it, it means that all of us, that means everything, not, 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 not the excess, not what's comfortable. That means all of us, every bit of us belongs to him. All our dreams, our hurts, our fears, our hopes, our resources, our time, it is his. And so what we're saying is, Jesus, would you be my savior? Would you be our Lord? Would you forgive us? Would you make us yours? Would, would you, we want to give our whole life completely and entirely to you. If that's you today and you recognize that you are ready to surrender your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, where you're saying, yes, be the Savior, be the Lord of my life, I, I give my whole life to you. If that's your prayer today, I'm just gonna invite you to lift your hand with me right now.
Just lift it up really high. Lift it up. I love it. I see all those hands in the back. God bless you guys. I see in this section over here, some hands up here in this middle section. I see those hands. I see that hand in this section over here. You can put them all down. Thank you. I love it. God is in the house and he's moving among us, you guys. And I want us to pray this prayer. I want all of us to pray this prayer aloud. Nobody prays by themselves. Everybody pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. I believe you died for me so I could live for you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. DV, would you worship God and would you thank God that some people, just give them praise and give them honor, that some people said yes to God. Let's give them glory. You may be seated. Let's clap one more time and just praise God for this.